Rask yeah, has a, I want to welcome you to the show. We have one of the greatest lyricists of all time. Probably top five all time lyricists, if you're serious about hip hop. One of the greatest albums of all time is Soul on Ice. Razzcast, welcome to the show, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. How are you doing today? I'm good, Max. How are you, bro? Doing pretty well. I want to thank you again for everything that you've done for hip hop. One of the smartest rappers of all time and intelligent. And you sacrificed your career, if you think about it, with Nature of a Threat, not going mainstream. And it was well yeah. worth it because you stayed true to yourself. Yeah, it's always got to be that, man. That's that's uh, that's for anybody and anything you do. It's like, uh, you know, dudes always have, when we were young, you're like, would you do this for a million dollars or would you do that? And then just some things ain't worth it. There's just some things that don't have a price. So depends on what that is for you. Everybody's, you know, journey is different. But, yeah, I, you know, for me, I don't have uh, um, regret as a pointless emotion anyway. But I don't regret being true to myself, man. You know, um, I, I made what I, I make what I want to make. To some degree, maybe that's selfish. Um, but I think art is selfish anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> Business is different. Business is sell people whatever the fuck they want. You know what I'm saying? Go to the restaurant and you order your burger, you get the burger how you want it. I mean, for me, I, I you know, I, I, I may have been a little more about the art than I was, because it's not called the, the, the music, music is called the music business, but I was definitely more about the music. <laughs> I totally understand what you're saying. And you expose everything on nature of the threat from the evils of white people, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Do you celebrate knowing the truth? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, I'm not like a Grinch. I don't go around kicking over Christmas trees and shit. Or, you know what I mean? I just, um, there, there were books way before me and people, you know, people that, you know, that have done the research, you know, and it just, you know, some things just don't make practical sense. So being, I was a, you know, I, I, I was uh, raised Catholic and then became Christian. My mom became Christian. My grandmother's Catholic. I went to Catholic school until basically eighth grade. So, you know, my questions were based on just from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, like, hey, this stuff don't got nothing to do with Jesus. So why are we doing it? So once I got that information, that was it. So it wasn't necessarily about, um, again, you know, it wasn't about other people. It's just about me. Like if my soul's at stake, I couldn't do something that I had done the research. You know, God did give us common sense and a brain. That's how we learn shit. So why do I just believe this shit? Because my mother taught me or my grandmother taught me. It was like, I'm reading this and this says this ain't, this is not what, we were programmed to believe and now I have a responsibility. So that was what it was about. Yeah, but I was your experience. How was your experience in Catholic school? Because I went to Catholic school. I hated it. The uniforms, it's a bunch of hoopla. I hated it. I hate I no, 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 no. Let me take the back. I hated that the uniforms, because you know the plaid and all that or whatever the girls had to wear the plaid skirts. Um but I'm not gonna lie subconsciously now that you should have said that. I probably brought that into my fashion as Razzcast because we used to have the uh, like the polo shirt and then the like the the, the sweater vest, mm -hmm. and I ended up wearing a lot of sweater vests, and that wasn't a practical thing in Watts, so it informed my style. Some kind I never even thought about that. That's fucking crazy. So Catholic school, I was rocking some Catholic school <laughs> shit after I got out of Catholic school on on some weird on some rapper shit. Um, I liked it. I, I, I I'll tell you. Uh, it gave, again, it gave me an insight. I'm from LA. 
You from LA too, Max? I'm from Connecticut, actually, and okay, located in the tri-state area of with New York. Well, well, you know, I see that LA hat, so we yeah. try. Well, like, I usually like, like to keep my clothing and where the my guest is from, so I put on nice. a Dodger jersey or Dodger hat to make you Wait. feel at home. Thank you, thank you. Well, I, I'll give you a little background uh, about being a you know Catholic kid uh, in LA. So first of all. Um, just historically, not a lot of blacks are Catholic just because of their raising. So it's more of a cultural thing. A Puerto Rican would be Catholic. Uh, you know, a Dominican would be Catholic. A Mexican would be Catholic. An Irish would be Catholic. An Italian would be Catholic. French would be Catholic. Not so much British. An Irish would be Catholic. And then, of course, you would have, you know, the Italian. Again, I already did that. Mm-hmm. So it's because of my cultural background that I even went to Catholic school because my mother's from Louisiana, they're Creoles, and that's their family culture. That's their culture. So, um, with that being said, in the inner city, there's not a lot of Irish people. It's not a big Italian neighborhood. So, who are the Catholic people going to be in Los Angeles? You know, South Central LA. You know, what I'm saying on the East Side, it's going to be Mexicans. So, of course, Father Peter. And, you know, sister who Angela, they're Irish, you know what I'm saying? They're white people, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the, the the parish, the community is mostly these Mexicans. So the Mexicans is looking at the Creoles, like, why are you here? The Creoles are looking at the Mexicans, like, why are you here and what are you? And then nobody's asked the Irish people why they're here. And then nobody's asked... The Irish people, why you do what the Italians doing? Nobody ever asked the Italians, why'd you take some shit from Africa when the niggas was black? So that shit's all hilarious to me in retrospect. But what it did was it informed me and it actually made me very uh, uh, aware because I grew up with a lot more Mexicans in school. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, uh, and then a lot of the blacks that, that went to Catholic school uh, weren't Catholics, they were just, their families were trying to pay for them to go to a better school than the inner city public school. Mm-hmm. Whereas I had to go culturally, some people were just trying to find a better opportunity for school. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, for me, I, 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 I got an insight, like, um, I had fun. I, I didn't like it, but I did, my first time I ever drank, every time I was for, for smoke, every time I touched some titties, but no, that's not true. Touched some titties before that, but whatever. So it was cool, you know. Um, it, it was a, it was a journey, and 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 and, and uh, I wouldn't take it back because it did inform me. It informed my whole gear. Shit, fuck it. <laughs> and I feel as though that religion is very hypocritical because they tell you, "Oh, follow this. It's it's love and respect one another." But behind religion, there's so much race. There's so many racial elements to it, and oh. it, you see it in in the Republican culture today. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. I mean, people are tribal and, and the isms just, you know, from tribalism, you get the racism and the sexism and every other ism. So, you know, people were tribal before we had race. When everybody was way darker than me, um, you know, it was niggas, one niggas across from the water and another niggas on the other side of the water and they tripping. You know, people are, will always be tribal. That's where we wear our hats. You know what I'm saying? Have our teams and have our accents. You know, we develop, like, we talk like this, and you guys talk different. And then the funny shit with Americans is, you know, according to, to you know, where we got 
English from. We none of us can speak English. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, but then we implement. Oh well, you you know you you can't speak English. You black guy, like bro. Technically, none of us speak the Queen's English, and all none of us. It all sounds stupid, according to that. Like the isms. It's always some kind of ism. So, yeah, man. Religion. Uh, you know, back to that point. It's just religion. Is, is more of a control factor. I mean, I don't knock people like if that helps you become a better person um, or helps, you know, you beat some, you know, some problem in your life, whatever that is, whether that's addiction, some people find religion and it helps them, you know, beat their addictions or whatever that is. I don't knock that. Um, it's just that when it's used as a, as a vehicle for control, um, hence, you know, fucking, I mean, Christianity has killed more people than anybody's religion. It just has. Period. Um, it, it wiped out the Native Americans. It, 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 it Christianity is who sanctioned uh, destroying Africa, murdering them, cutting it up in pieces. Um, yeah, it's just got a bad. It's too much blood on Christianity's hand. Um, and even today, you know, the people that in, in this country, the, the almost, you know, 40 some percent or whatever that that literally can, can can say the most hateful things, build a wall and, you know, this, that, a third and then, you know, kill police and, you know, and march and, and then turn around and tell you that their God, who's an African guy who's in, over there, that they rationalize these lies under the guise, like, and, and nothing they said ever sounds like what the book says or what the guy was talking about. The guy's talking about love thy neighbor. They, like, build a fucking wall. <laughs> I mean, nothing. They, they're talking, uh, you know, the guy says, you know, uh, you know, it's easier for a fucking camel to walk through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. And then they say Donald Trump is, 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 is a man of God because he's rich. Nothing they say. It's like literally the devil. It's upside down, and and so yeah, my, you know my problem is you know all you know all religions. I, I say that to my Muslim friends. I say, man, Sunni and Shia still blow each other up. You ain't gotta ask the Christians to do shit. The, the Muslims is out there shooting girls in the head because they want to read. Come on, man. You know, like I, I I can't think of. Of course, Judaism. You know, everybody should be fucked up. I look at the, the results of your religion. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I don't care what you tell me it say. It's what do you do in practical application is why I can't fuck with your religion because it's always people doing bullshit. Raskas, you were a living, breathing dictionary. What was it that you were going, that it was going through your mind and you took to your journal and you wrote Nature of the Threat? What was going through your mind? Um, Honestly, the, the super selfish song. Um, I was get, uh, I'm writing this new song right now. Uh, it, it made me allude to one of the lines that I wrote was that I went to college, um, started school early, got skipped. So therefore, when I graduated high school early, I started taking college courses at the you know local you uh, know you uh, know city college or whatever. And uh, basically, I already from the Christmas thing and eighth grade i guess that was was that eighth grade i was already starting to get knowledge itself that like the seed was planning trying to do this review uh i mean i had to do a report on christmas 
and uh, from there. So like, let's just say 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, I'm already developing, becoming this person that has these counter opinions and I'm doing the research. So when I graduated high school, about 16-ish, 15-ish, 16-ish. So I'm, I just went, I knew I wanted, I was already into the music, doing the music, and uh, I wanted to, you get all these dates. So you get like 1492 is when this happened, or 1776, or, you know, 32, you know, uh, uh, BC, you know what I'm saying? Or And I'm just like, dude, you know, I'm starting to understand what these dates mean. But for the average person, we need chronological. I mean, just imagine trying to watch a movie, but it's all over here. And then this part, we play again. Like, that's just a whole bunch of fucking random information. Like, I wanted to put together my whole thing. It's, a it's really just a thesis paper. I was trying to figure out when did it go bad? If mankind comes from Africa, how do we get here? How do we get to a place where we get erased from history, beaten and fucked over for the past 2,000 years, and, and, and disenfranchised where we don't even run our own country, let alone, like, our, I mean, our own continent. Like, we have no control over our own continent, let alone all the places they drug us over and, and raped us, and, 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 you know, and we still can't assimilate because we are dominant genetic people, you know? And so I just wanted to understand where what happened? Why? When did Jesus turn black? I mean, white. When? When did that happen? You know, I wanted to understand these things, and so that's why I wrote it. I just wrote it to make a chronological understanding of. That's why it starts. Let freedom ring with a buckshot, but not just yet. And then, you know, and explaining oh, when white people evolved from this point, da da da. And then, and all the, then they do the Council of Nicaea. Before that, they da, 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 you know, and, and went. How do why why do we speak English? Where does that language come from? You know what's the what's the older language? What did Jesus speak? Jesus, you know that those people in that time period spoke Aramaic and 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 Hebrew. Um, the people that speak more Hebrew still to this day closer to and, and what they call Ara, closer to an Aramaic of that time would be your Ethiopians. And then you understand, you know what I'm saying? Um, oh, who was who was invading? Oh, Rome is in Italy. The Romans, Rome. Oh, so they coming over, beating the niggas up. This ain't, this has happened again. So you start, they say if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it, which is what we're doing right now in America. Because we refuse to learn from, from our history. Most people won't even acknowledge our, our, our country refused to acknowledge the history. So they tried to put a Band-Aid over this big bullet wound that still affects all of us because they won't even tell the truth of what happened in our country. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that was it. That's why I wrote Nature Threat uh, for me to have a chronological idea of what I was dealing with. And then, uh, you know, I wasn't even going to put it out on the first album because I figured it'd be my undoing anyway. So I figured I'd put it out the second album. Um, but that was like on my demo. Like it was one of the, the things I was working on on my demo. I wrote it and I didn't, I didn't plan on recording it, but I know me and I'll lose a notebook. And I was like, I should just record it. So it's done. And then I won't fuck with it. I do that a lot. I'll just be like it's written. And I might, I've lost some notebooks with some shit I thought was fire and just like, fuck, I'll never come up with those ideas again. So for me, I just, you know, I just, I recorded it. And then my mother heard it and she was like, you, you have to, you know, she's like, this is important. 
It's more important to me than, than me. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll put it on there. And then my record company was like, sure, you don't want to put this on there. And I was like, I got to put it on there. My mom said, well, you know, they're like, you don't have to. You shouldn't. Like, now nah, I got to, man. This, you know, this, this is what it is. This was on my demo. You, you knew what was coming, bro. And so let it be what it is. And, and that probably put me in a bad position. Yeah, you know, in Yeah, and white people got salty. Boo-hoo. It is what it is. And th this went on to go on to be taught in colleges and classes and everything. Yeah, still do to this day. Yeah, it's just one of those hip-hop songs. It's in a class of its own. I knew the story of you and your father because he was a police officer. You didn't see eye-to-eye -eye in either career, and he didn't think rap would last. But did he ever see eye-to-eye -eye once you started to blow up in that nature of the threat? Did he understand that message after a while from what you were oh, saying, yeah, nature man. of the threat? He is Bob, one of my, uh, you know, you know that that's the the sins of the father becoming sins of the sons, and I'm an asshole, and he's an asshole, and ironically, my tw my twins, my sons are not assholes. They're way more adjusted people. So we we course corrected each other, man, and I'm I'm really grateful to him. I, if, if, if he's a very uh, I want to say critical person. But that may not be the right word for him. He's analytical, he's sarcastic, and 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 he doesn't believe things on his face. And so I am him. I'm, we just had a, opposing versions or, or vantage points of the world, and um, and I can understand why he had his vantage point. And I don't really even understand how I was already reaching my vantage point. No, I do. Hip hop, rap. And then doing that history report. Me and Rock Kim say I'm God. I'm a Catholic. So first of all, I like that song, and I can't even reconcile how he said I'm God. So I think it's New York shit. I'm trying to rationalize, like, oh, it must be a GOT. I'm God, like, because he didn't say God, because that's bad. That's evil. You can't say that. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so, so they planted those seeds. The Karis ones and the Big Daddy Kings and the Rock Kims and the Public Enemies and the NWAs, fuck the police or whatever. So all of them are planting these seeds. And then I ask the question, and the the research is being done, reading encyclopedias and 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 and, and, and all. You know, they I wasn't reading like all these like black books. I was just reading like regular shit. And like like I said, Encyclopedia Britannica and the shit's like. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas, uh, pagan holiday. Then the movie. I'm like, God damn, it's here! Like it's just here, not hidden, mysterious magic shit. All this shit is literally you can open up your average. You can't get it from a history book in America because they're not here to teach you anything. They're here to make you an idiot. But if you just get Encyclopedia Britannica, it's all there. I was like, God damn. So yeah, um, so yeah, we just ended up having these. Uh, 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 opposing vantage points because he's from a different era where he thought I think he thought hard work pays off um, in the sense of uh, and they were sold that you know just just make the system work go be go be all you could be join the army you know join he's a marine join the marines you know if you don't get blown up then you come be a police officer and then beat your own people up. So go kill some Asians, go kill somebody for us, then come out here and beat these niggas up for us. Beat these brown niggas up for us. Beat these gay niggas up for us. That's kind of what his trade-off was. And and you gotta, you know, when you go to, to the military, they tell you, we're gonna break you and rebuild you. And so when you break people down 
and build them to to not question, because that's the first of all, we get court-martialed. All humans should be able to question. Like, hey, I don't think that's right. You know what I mean? Um, they build you to not question their authority, to not question their authority to kill uh, at the point of a direction. And then they come back here and, and, and remember that you are, uh, you know, you know, that you're a second-class citizen. So kill for us, and then, you know, you might still just get called a beaner or a nigger or a chink, but that's your that's your place. We give you just enough money to make a living, and that'll be your place. And you might have even, when you're with us, with this thing on, this badge or this outfit, they can't even call you a beaner or a nigger. You can beat them up with, with your friends. Fuck that trade-off. You brought up an interesting point with the army that they break you down and rebuild you up. Do you feel as though that's what the police systems do? Or because there's do. this whole theory that goes around that the, the KKK has invaded the police departments. What's your theory that. on that? Because I think that too. Well, they, they, well you got to remember the police department was the was the slave catchers. Slave, the, 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 the KKK was, all, was the police department. That's where they are. That's where they came from in American history. Where your papers, slave patrol, Catch the slave. That's our LA. That's I mean not LA. That's our police department. It's literally the, the evolution of that, and it was always targeted to disenfranchise specifically blacks and, and browns, and, and to protect the status quo for white male supremacy. Um, now white boys, you know, uh, got when I say white boys, I'm really meaning like the good old boys. The good old boy network, the big, the, you know, the races, the, the, and they don't all just, you know, have a big beard and a swastika like motherfuckers is corporate motherfuckers and, and, and all that. But yeah, they go to the military, they learn how to kill, and then they come back and then they train each other for this race war that they want. And they've been, Marilyn, um, not Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson, you know, was was already a proponent of that. They'd be prepared for this race war. Um, from the beginning. Helter be Skelter. That's what was written yeah. on the walls at the crime yeah. scenes. And that people, not everyone realizes that, that that was Manson trying to start a race war. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, um, it, it's, it's unfortunate that racism is not like just feelings. Racism is, a, I say it, and not in, that's from the crest theory and other scientists and psychiatrists that explain what racism is it, it permeates everything it literally is economics it's in housing discrimination it's in food deserts it's in the, the lack of fucking uh uh um schools lack of computers in urban schools like it's literally every aspect and some of this not accidentally which is the crazy part you would think like nah they wouldn't do that in a cartoon just to, like, yeah, like somebody's just that vindictive that they want to be hurtful in the cartoon. So a kid sees that and thinks that they're inferior. Like people are just bad, man. You know, unfortunately, some people are just bad, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, um, come on, man. You know, there's racist acid because ra having that kind of misinformed person, um, there's no screening for that. Nobody ever asked, you know. We're just now at a place where you could bring up, hey, you know, the teacher said some real fucked up shit, some racist shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we're just now becoming a society, America, where you can talk about it without people saying, nah, you're crazy. You're fucking crazy, man. That just doesn't happen. Like, and that's because of the camera. Like white people really were oblivious, walked around. It's almost like, it, it, like honestly, it's almost like, have you seen Arcane? I have not. It's on Netflix. It's ill. Super dope. The animation is crazy. Everybody going crazy. It's actually really dope. I ain't never played the game, but I like animation and shit because I draw and all that. But anyway, there's a a, a world. Basically, there's a a, there's a city, but there's a city on top of a city. And is that like what, what white people don't understand is that that's what America's definitely been. Other ple- other places too, but there's been a world on top of the world. Like like literally, for people to make the money they made in 1960s, for the man to have the you know have the car, the house at the picket fence, and the wife home cooking. I mean, the whole bunch of other people had to be disenfranchised for that white guy to have it. What they didn't show was you know the 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 the, the black guy that he made shine his shoe and give him a quarter. You know what I'm saying? The Mexican dude that that he they stole his land, tricked him out some land, and said, "Get the fuck out of here! You fucking beat her, fuck, fucking kill you." They didn't show the Asian person that built a railroad and might have helped the car, and then they shipped his ass back home after they punched on him. And then they never showed the the bastard kids he got because every once in a while he goes and fucks on that half black and white girl that he might be related to because she was a rape victim. Just don't show it. So there's a world on top of a world. In America, those worlds are meeting. And meanwhile, the, the you know, the, the, these guys think somebody took something from them. These, these you know, these um, white male angst. They're like, oh, they're taking the drugs and taking everything from us. And like, bro, you you have nothing You because you didn't make anything. You've been living off of people for fucking 400 years. You didn't do anything. Somebody isn't taking from you. If we took from you, you you would be in the ocean right now. <laughs> you don't have True. a land. It's not your land. Your land's fucking Ireland or your land's fucking England. It's not a Maryland, nigga. Get your ass up out of here. If you don't like the people that were here before you got here, go home. Don't tell me to go back. I was here before y'all got here. Exactly. Like, they always tell the minorities, go home. Right. You know, you know, and then I, like, bro, just Google fucking, you know, black, you know, well, first of all, blacks couldn't own patents, disenfranchised. Nigga made Jack Daniels a nigga. I was just thinking, drinking, like, bro, you could Google. The, just the inventions that black people made in America in the past 200 years, the world wouldn't exist. Just couldn't own it though. Just be rich as fuck. Getting disenfranchised. Niggas made everything. Nigga, the, uh, 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 the saddle. The fucking just random shit. Couldn't own it. White nigga get all the bread. Made his family rich as his daughters get married that wealth is transferring. So those last names have been changed or whatever. Niggas just living off the wealth of just that one human being for that. You know, Paris One do the You Must Learn song. He didn't even, man, he all kind of, the remote control, fucking, 
Like it's just ridiculous. It's just the the list, and 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 nobody got no money. Nope. Meanwhile, they're like, "You're bums. You come here and take." Like, bitch, we made everything. Traffic light, stop sign, uh, 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 the refrigerator, every for like, bro, it's crazy. I can't go into Sears or whatever place and go get me a nice little, you know. Shit, I want a Viking refrigerator to fly shit. The shit that got like five rats. My niggas made it. How come I can't get one? <laughs> Fuck. True. Yeah. So anyway, that's you know, it's just those things. But you should, man. Just in, black inventions in the past like hundred years, bro. It's insane. You're you're 100% right about that. And just thinking about your lyrics and what you said that Jewish people don't praise the swastika or salute the swastika, but the people here, they salute the flag and praise the flag. Yeah. Yeah. It's those things, you know, I was saying God gave us common sense, but there's also a saying that common sense ain't that common. And sometimes you got to give them those juxtapositions so that people can say, oh, yeah, fucking true. Because I've really, you know, sometimes I've asked my Jewish friends, I'm like, bro, I get it, but still, I kind of don't. I'm like, you know, Mercedes Benz is, man, I'm pretty Hitlery. <laughs> hey, man, you know, this gas and niggas, them trucks and Volkswagens, bro. You know, there's a history, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, we should all kind of be looking and get some BMWs and some other shit, you know? I mean, fuck, even Italian cars, think about it, because they was in cahoots, and then we couldn't get a But I'm just saying, you yeah. know, I, you know, asking practical questions, I'm not, well, my bad, I'm just uh, turning something off real quick. That's all good. Yeah, you know, just asking these practical questions, you know, it's, it's not meant to hurt anybody, but if we don't ask it, I mean, who's going to do it if we don't ask the questions? And I honestly, I said this, in, I said this online on IG recently, and because I really think so. Um... Years ago, over 10 years ago, I had a show, probably 15 years, I don't know. Anyway, I went and did my show and then uh, saw this funny dude. Um, he was pretty blowing up and shit. He was pretty much blowing up. And I went and uh, I, just, I was going to the sound man. I seen him laying like, like in front of the sound man's thing because it was way in the back of the club. He was laying there. He's like leaning against it with a drink. It's Dave Chappelle. I was like, Dave? He's like, what else? I was like, I came in. Like, yeah, nigga. I was like, damn, that's cool, nigga, because I'm a fan. He's a really smart guy. Um, you know. And uh I was thinking, I wrote recently, I was like, you know, I think I picked the wrong job. Like, I always found that I say a lot of the things that Dave Chappelle says, but I have a platform where he makes people laugh. And I'm supposed to make you, you know, as a rapper and music, I'm supposed to make you dance and party and shit. I kind of want to make you laugh and think too, but I picked a different media medium. And so I end up getting banned for it and blackballed for it. And then he says it and you make millions of dollars. And I was like, I probably should have picked a different medium, but we say a lot of the same shit like you know i'll say some shit in a in a song and then whatever and he'll allude to it but he and he, obviously he has a brilliance all his own that but i'm be like yo i said that 
I really did say that. Like, no other rapper I know of was talking about that shit like that. Have you ever noticed type shit, that observational type humor or these juxtapositions? And then they would say that shit. And I get get the big bucks. He makes you laugh. I don't know if I could sit there and just say it like that would be so funny. But I try to say it in the music and then niggas get mad at me. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And now expanding the nature of the threat question, have you thought about making a part two ever and speaking on some of the things that we're going through presently, even with COVID-19? I'd love to hear the the Raskaz view on COVID-19 because you've been speaking about diseases as well in your music and just Mm -hmm. in general anywhere. I, I never, that song wasn't ever meant to have a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell people, you know, uh, I wrote on Solo Nights 2, which only came out like right before COVID. So yeah. 2019, I did Solo Nights 2. And there's a song called White Power with a Mortal Technique on the hook. I mean, I'll, I talk about, I've always talked about sociopolitical stuff and I do history things. So, you know, I, I'm never gonna write another White Power. I, I um on that same album, I got a um, what's the name of it? It's the it's the last song on the album, and I talk about uh, 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 about the um, opioid crisis. Opioid crisis, yeah. So I mean, I'm always talking about these things that I think are important, and to take in my perspective. You know, I talked about the day after Trump got elected, I wrote a song and it was a part one and part two to it, American Me. Um, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, American Horror Story. Um, I mean, I always will have my point of view, but I don't want to like, for the sake of the brand, I'm not writing the nature of the threat too. I'm writing a song right now. Well, I wrote it. I recorded it yesterday. It's called Lies My Country Told Me. Or I'm sorry, Lies My Country Taught Me. Lies My Country Told Me is an actual book written and then I, I instead of told i did talk but it's, the title's inspired by that book um i will listening to it i was like oh, okay i could hear how that has those kind of vibes so i could you know i could but i'm it's not for that because i i what do i need to, to talk about i talked about that part that this is the perspective i have these are the dates you know, the only thing I want to do, honestly, is that we're going to do a retro video. My man, Gifted Glitch, who did the Horseman, all the artwork and the skateboards and the cover and the like, the animated video. So we're going to shoot a Nature of the Dark video and just like, we call them, uh, what do we call them? We call them uh, throwback, throwback, whatever. Uh, we give visuals to throwback classics or whatever. I'd love to do it for like, all kind of artists like make these really dope videos for songs that may not have been the singles on albums and then like Nas's rewind that'd be such a dope video to make yeah. you do it be all back make them go backwards yeah, yeah. so just as a fan I I hope to uh if you're out there Saudi billionaire or any motherfucker with some bag come on man help the culture man let me do some of this cool shit I want to do Isabel, you got a lot of money nigga help me no I'm not fuck that but, um, the universe. I, um, but so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Uh, but yeah, you know, things I, I know uh, nostalgia helps and I understand, like, well, I don't understand all the marketing. I need to learn how to market better. And, um, but some things I just think, you know, you ruin it when you try to do a part two. As cool as coming to America was, or coming to America too, it just wasn't the original. Right. And I just, now I just got to remember, like, man, 
Like, ah, that ain't that. You know what I'm saying? I, with Solo Nights 2, for real, man, like, I never even really wanted to, to, to do a Solo Nights 2, but the body of work, I, I know, and pretty much the same thing happened with it, where, you know, got overlooked, but I know how impactful and, and, and at Silver Anniversary, Grammy speech, I'm just like, dude, I rhymed in four, three, four, and four, four time and Shark Week, like whatever, man. It's it 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 deserved the right to be a part two. You know what I'm saying? Like I was making part two without even knowing it. It was subconscious, and then once I realized, I was like, oh, because I was trying to make a whole different album. I had a whole different concept, and then I kept everything. I kept the songs I was making just wouldn't. They were dope, and I believed in them, but they didn't fit this concept. I'm like, okay. I guess, and then it's like, oh, that's what I'm doing subconsciously. I'm doing this thing because that's where my feelings are. That's where my heart's at spiritually. That's just where I'm at. Um, yeah, I don't want. I don't want it. If it ever come comes naturally, and somehow there is some place to go from there, cool. I mean, think about. It. I mean, every once in a while it gets done. Godfather, Godfather two, Fuego killed it. Both of them shits crazy. A lot, you know, but then, you know, you know, Star Wars, when I was fucking Force Awakens and all this shit, she tried. <laughs> Put a shitty taste, taste in my mouth about the whole franchise. But then they come with the Mandalorian. See? And then sometimes you got to start over, do some other shit. It shows some originality, which there isn't any of today. And it, just what you speak about in your raps, which we'll get into. But I want to get into a song, Anything Goes. Because yes, that's one of my personal favorites by you. Big Bank, Thank Take you. Little Bank. Thank you, man. Just the um, way you rhymed on that. I like bitches with dimples and nipples the size of silver dollars. dollars. Choking out LAPD Wild Wallace. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Did you ever have a chance to speak with Albie sure about sampling Who This Love Is So? Yeah. yeah. He cleared it. He cleared it. And ironically, um, Shout out, Lily. Um, so I went to Corrupt, just got, Lily's girlfriend is, I'll be sure, his sister. Okay. Corrupt, I mean, I'm sorry, Corrupt's wife is, is I'll be sure, his sister. So we see each other a lot now, which is awesome. And just like, yo, and he always be like, because he had to actually clear that song, like him personally, because he was the producer and the singer and the everything. So he cleared that for me back then. He was like, I said he was like i heard it i was like you dope and so i was i had spoken to him we got mutual homies anyway so through the years i've spoken to him but i've seen him and hung out with him more like in the past year than ever you know i bought it saw him once before like oh shit i'll be sure he's like oh what up grass cats like you know but now i was like ah, drinking what the fuck like so yeah man it, it means a lot to me because i was like you know that was my favorite song like at the time like I, you know, I'm like, you know, it should make me, I'm like, I want a girlfriend. I want to be, you know, I don't know, you know, young and impressionable. And for him to let me take the song and do my interpretation and I end up going on, you know, can't help but be myself. I didn't make the love song I probably should have made. I made some hood shit, some smart sociopolitical hood shit, which is kind of what I am. And, uh, and for him to allow me to do that was just, you know, uh, I'm grateful and they still know him I mean, to actually now have gotten to know him, and he's just a cool ass nigga. He still, I'll be sure, bro. We was walking down the street. We was in Philly because Corrupt was getting his. Uh, he got street. His street named after him, Corrupt Boulevard, which is so dope. And you know, so we were all together. 
some lady pulled up. I mean, you know, she's an older woman, but she'll be you know, pretty. She, man, that lady, I, I need a picture. Oh my God. She, basic, she, you get this pussy out of me, sure, right now. I'm like, yo, this thing can still get all the women, man. This shit was hilarious, bro. Like, it was dope. It was super dope. Like, this is the I'll be sure, nigga. Like, you know, he's a real, the pretty boy, nigga. Like, the bitch was, nigga, still getting the bitches throwing the pussy at him. It was dope. And the skit that you end the song with is hilarious, too, especially when you're singing Human Nature by Michael Jackson. <laughs> but that, so the problem with that is that it's not really a skit. The problem is I used to just mic the studio. Okay. What I, what I realized is that you get most of the funniest shit is when nobody knows they're being recorded. So that's just shit that really happened. Wow. It's not a skit. That was just in the process of one of the days in the studio. Motherfucker got a fart. Some human shit. And then they like, oh, you nasty ass, you know? And I'm like, what? Like some goofy, some shit you, I would never let nobody really see. That like, you would have to know me to know like stupid shit that we do. Like, and so we out, we capture us, you know, it was our purity, you know? And I still, that's a goal that, you know, I want to, you know, I want to get back into you know, because uh, there's another one on the second album that I got that that came up. <laughs> that was a it wasn't a skit, and that's the one we corrupt. Ironically, and it's like, uh, how come you won't give me no pussy? She's like, I'm about to get out of here. <laughs> uh, 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 the Ice Age. So the intro to Ice Age mm-hmm. is not a skit. <laughs> <laughs> it's me offending this chick. Like, why you won't give me no? I'm about to get out of here. I was like. Whatever I said, I hear your car keys jingling. The fuck out of here, beat it. And then I punched in, yo, corrupt, whatever. But we took that from what was happening and then we put it at the top of the song. <laughs> and then I act like, you know, yo, corrupt, whatever. But yeah, man. Though, you can't, you, sometimes you'll try to like retell a story. I've had that happen to me where me and my, me, there might be three of us and we're trying to tell this one other friend this thing that's super funny. And we can't communicate it right. So they don't get the joke. You like had to be there type shit. And so, yeah, when you capture it, then you there. Cause that's exactly what happened. I don't have to tell you, like, then I saying human nature. And then like, cause then it's like, I don't, that sounds stupid, you know? And it is really stupid, but when you're there in the moment, that's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another song that we got to get into is Sunset. I like your delivery on that song. Real rap fan. I never saw Bam rock the parks, but I still snap skulls in the dark. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on the whole Bam situation? I know it's sensitive, but it's insane when I first learned about it, because this is one of the innovators of rap, and you've spoken about it many times, that money is the revealer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I say, man. Um, no man is above reproach. And if it's true, then people should suffer their consequences, mm-hmm. period. Um, I don't believe in bearing false witness. I wasn't there, but if it's true, take a motherfucker to court, do everything that needs to be done to make sure because if it was my son and, you know, or, you know, in any other case or any case, whatever, whether it was my son or my daughter, then, you know, uh, I want that person before I take the law into my own hands, then we need to get this shit addressed about, you know. So if it is true, no man is above approach. I don't give a fuck who it is, including myself, period, you know. Um, especially when it's predatory, continual, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
they tend to say like something can be uh, misconstrued, like oh, I accidentally, you know, hit the, you know, I'm walking, I accidentally hit a girl titty. Yeah, that happens. You walk in, I didn't try to hit your titty. I was just trying, you know. But if every day I keep grab hitting a titty, now you're doing it on purpose. So, so you know, it's just about that. You know, uh, people need to be held accountable. I, um, I, 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 I'm neither place. I mean, of course, I would hope that it was not true. I've read stuff that sounds like it, and plus, that's a hard thing to, as a dude to come out and try to accuse somebody of. So I err on the side of caution and say I would tend to have to think that these these men have something valid to say. Yeah. But let's prove it. Let's go to court. Let's make sure that we ain't bearing false witness against somebody. Oh, I've heard you in interviews. You tell it like it is, and I think that's why you're one of the most realists in this game ever of all time. Just what you said about money revealing people. Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby. Yeah. We've seen it. Jeffrey yeah. Epstein. R. Is, Kelly. Yeah. yeah, that's another one. It is kind of funny you mentioned R. Kelly on I Ain't Effing With You because I love the way you flipped that bar because you said I'm effing you to before R. Kelly, which was the biggie reference on F You Tonight. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, have, having fun with it. That's one of my, uh, I love that record. That's a, uh, my friend Flip, who actually really saved me on my first album uh, from Inglewood, uh, it's my brother. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, uh, that record was just—I was feeling some type of way at that time. I was that whole writing that rap when he was making that beat. Uh, we were we were some kind of being a little experimental because he, he was going to to the south. He was trying some other shit, and and then the girl on that hook was just like a hood chick that he was fucking with, like this chick from Inglewood. So it's not, it's just a hood record. Like it's his hood ass, me feeling some type of way, and trying to get some shit off my chest, and and uh, and that, and and some hood chick he had around. I'm like, just say this, like I ain't fucking with you. I ain't fucking with you. Cause that's what we said anyway. That was like slang. I ain't fucking with you. So yeah, it's just such a hood record to me. It was like futuristic to this shit. Yeah. I always like how you said in the rhymes, especially with Ice Age, spit some shit that'll make Lil' Kim blush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. We, you know, we, we were inspired by well, everybody before us. You know, um, I just I come from a class of of uh Dudes that we loved in WA just as much as we loved Tribe Called Quest. We couldn't separate the two. You know what I'm saying? We love E40 just as much as we love Public Enemy. So to, in our brain, because they both, we could, they all made sense to us. A lot of people started picking these sides. Oh, this is gangster rap. Oh, this is hip hop. Oh, this is, I'm just like, this shit dope. That shit dope. This shit dope. I mean, I could like pizza and still like ice cream. That's what I understand about people. Like they start, you know, closing their ranks, circling their wagons. Um, and I always say this. Uh, I watch one of my friends, he becomes a skater and then he ends up dressing exactly like every skater. Why is that? Or, you know, the guy, I can like surfing. Do I have to wear a Billabong shirt? Do I have to fucking, you know, Dye my hair, you know, blonde. Or skinny jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billabong shorts and shit like. It's just like, why do we do that as people? It's like we, 
we'll just tribal out and turn exactly like uh, the goth shit. I'm watching a friend, and then next thing you know, like I could tell like what a motherfucker listens to half the time just looking at him walk down the street. And we shouldn't be that. We're a lot more complicated as human beings. Like, you know, I I, I like it all, man. Um, and that, and that was just kind of I've always tried to cover that gamut. And even as an artist, I tried to be a human because that's what it was about. Like people, especially with rap, it's like, oh, I'm the trapper, I'm the crip, I'm the blood, I'm the pimp, I'm the keep it real. I'm, you know, I got shelter Adidas and I got, you know, an Adidas suit and then I break dances. Like my nigga is like, somewhere in the middle of all of that is me. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just be, I'm me, man. I, I'm a nerd. And then I go to jail a lot before rap. You know what I'm saying? I was pulling out guns before rapping. Like, bro, I'm, but then I love my mother. But then I'm, you know, promiscuous. I like fucking bitches. And then I win. And then sometimes I lose. And sometimes I'm confused. And sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm sober as fuck. Sometimes I want to get drunk with the homies. Like, I mean, that's humans. And, and, and for me, I I thought that would be my strength, that I was trying to be a human and tell the human journey. And unfortunately for, for me, you know, um, they say you could give your audience too much credit. And I may have. I may have. Because people just like, oh, I like that song, so I want 10 songs like that. Whatever that kind of song is. You know, and I'm just like, for me, I can't tell if, if I hear one song that I like, but I hear nine more songs that sound the same. I don't know which one to like or which one is good or which one is bad at some point because they all fucking sound the same. Especially today's hip hop climate. It's insane. Right? It, it, well, it got even worse. That, that's what I'm saying. It, it was already happening back then where people were getting tribal and picking this, oh, well, this hip hop and or they get all backpackers or the girls like, oh, well, I like the I like it this kind of rap and you know what i'm saying i'm just like bitch it's all cool like you know uh you know a uh, 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 variety is the spice of life you know you don't want to eat the same shit every day but you know whatever um and now we're trained and what they did was they conditioned and this probably started really 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 uh with the advent of the internet you were able to influence more people you know fast you know, you got to remember, like, you know, around, you know, 97, 98, 99, 2000, even like 2002, things have to kind of slowly translate, you know, BET, MTV, you know, when they were still playing videos and shit. So things disseminated slower. And that's why somebody might be really, really popping in Houston and nobody ever heard of them in Philly. Or somebody might be the, the shit and... Brooklyn, but in Queens, another dude is killing it. You know what I'm saying? And so imagine how that was translating worldwide, where, you, where somebody might just have a great fan base in Finland, and and they never heard of him in London. Like for me, I was translating, getting more of a translation in Germany and 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 yeah, and like Finland and Sweden, then then in London where they're you know primary, well created the English language. You know what I'm saying? And, and that and and that kind of was it advantage and gave you an opportunity to reach people organically whereas now they pretty much figured out how to if you don't get them on this playlist and you don't do this fucking podcast 
you don't get the access because everybody knows to go to World Star, go to you know, you understand, know and then that's it. It's all politics it, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable just how hip hop is. You brought up BET and MTV and all these stations, and just the radio stations in New York don't even play the real hip hop that's out here and there are dope lyricists oh, yeah, out right now they don't play them and look at BET just what a disservice it's doing to hip hop just when you get rid of shows like 106 and Park and Rap City Basement that's just a disgrace I mean they I, I said it they got rid of uh, sorry about that Hold on. yeah they got rid of uh, I'm gonna tell you what's even worse than that They before they got rid of BET got rid of uh, you know uh, 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 Rap City um they got rid of uh, Teen Summit. Mm. So they used to have a political show in D.C. where they'd have an artist, and it was all youngsters, high school people, mostly high schoolers. I don't even think it was college kids. And it was like a teen. Yeah, it was Teen Summit. And they'd sit and they'd have whoever comment or whatever, a political activist or a woman talking about, you know, uh, uh, and that shit. Where now we get in a dialogue about how to how to be a better community. Wipe that out. It was young people informative news. You know what I'm saying? For young, primarily people of color, but everybody was invited to talk and it'd be people talking about all kinds of important issues, specifically how they relate to younger people. Wipe that out first. But you know, again, you know, I I I Khalid. Abdul Muhammad, who, who used to be part of Nation Islam, then he was assassinated. Um, he I, he did have one great quote. He said, "If a person won't treat you right, what makes you think they will teach you right?" So, when Bob Johnson sold BET to Viacom, which was the same company that owned MTV, that had refused to play black music. Period. And almost wasn't gonna play Michael Jackson because they didn't want to play blacks. They played Sting and and no Sting and then was the ones talking shit, like riding for those artists. Like, why do you do that? The British dudes saying, why are you being racist? Why don't you play? We on bands with these people. These people, our guitarists, we studied these motherfuckers, but you only play the white people. So Viacom had a history of racism. What did you think they were gonna do when they bought BT? Un, 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 take away anything that had any semblance of being black and, 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 and educational, and, right? Yeah, well, being being black for real. The rest of this is mockery and buffoonery. This is what they want black people to be, and that's what they've done. They reshaped it in their image of buffoonery, um, and then they reward the buffoonery. Uh, you know, again, Jew- Jewish television is owned by Jewish people. You know, yeah. I would, I would hope. You know, Irish TV is owned by the Irish people, and gay TV is owned by the gay niggas. I can't relate. I don't know what the fuck you want <laughs> on your show. I'm neither Irish nor fucking gay or whatever. And gay Irish TV should be owned by gay Irish niggas. And gay Jewish TV, you know, you know what <laughs> Or at least have some of them niggas on the board. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, have them, have them running the day to day. This shit be, you know, it's owned by people that don't care about the culture. They don't treat us right. So why would they teach us right? Mm-hmm. You've even said that the industry people say that real rap won't sell. You mentioned that on F last year. 
on Soul on Ice too. You mentioned that. When did you start to realize that these corporate companies started to change in which that they were scoping out these people that are on social media and just weren't lyrical when the lyrical hip hop just was just outed and just no one cared about it? Well, Bone Thug say there was a meeting and they, you know, obviously they were in a higher echelon than me. And I've heard about the meeting where they got a lot of the most powerful executives and they were discussing what they what the plans were, how they were going to phase things and kind of change it. And it was kind of before the advent of the internet, really. But And I don't think they understood the power of the internet because their logic was still, they made so much money selling CDs because CDs cost a lot, lot less to make than a vinyl. So once, and it was clearer than a vinyl. So once the discovery of the CD, I could charge you 20 bucks for something that cost me about three cents to make, whereas a vinyl still going to cost me about $2 each. And I, st- I still got to sell that to you for 20. Them niggas have found a new money back. So it wasn't the internet. It, that just became an additional tool. They kind of evolved with that. But I figured that out, um, you know, um, as it was happening, I didn't get no big memo. They didn't sit me in a room. They just told me, you know, um, well, you don't sell like the gangster rap. And then after that, it was, you don't sell like the Southern guys. And I'm like, but I'm not the Southern guy. And I'm not the gangster rap. You know, there's a place for me too. And I was like, honestly, if you know what you're doing, I can make you a lot of money. Because I'm 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 accessible to a lot more people than the gangster rap guy or the southern guy at the time. I was like, honestly, I said, look at what Nas does. Look at what fucking and I said, with Jay Z, what we're fly dudes. You know, we talk some street shit, but we talk also we talk about intelligent shit too. And there's a way, and we don't wear khaki suits. We wear you know fly shit, Gucci and upper upper middle class shit like we should be appealing to a whole different range of people that are upper middle class so there's a market for us you just haven't figured it out they didn't figure out jay-z jay-z had his vision and they couldn't we were label mates my company didn't understand his vision he had to go to def jam and they executed that vision i mean you know my company didn't have a vision for eminent priority somewhere else you know they just didn't have the vision they didn't understand the vision of Boot camp is Sean Price. He had to go somewhere else. So, you know, um, and the biggest part was some of those people got dropped. Some of us had to, like, figure out how to get out of there. Chase, he got out of there. I mean, I had to figure out how to get out of it there. It took you 10 years. Yeah, it took me 10 years just trying to get fired. And, you know, um, unfortunately, I'm not like Kaepernick where they gave me, you know, seven million so i could just finance my revolution in the meantime you know what i'm saying i didn't have that kind of bag to just fight the war the way i really wanted to um you know i you know i'm 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 in a different music i'm, I'm, I'm in a different entertainment uh but it's all entertainment whether you're a comedian or a boxer or a singer or a rapper or a violinist or whatever or you know or whatever the blue man group we're all considered entertainment some people get a bigger bag. Hockey niggas get way big. Baseball niggas get a bigger bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm entertainment, but I just didn't have that kind of ability to, to wage the war I, faster. I had to like let it play out, you know, and still go to war. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, I've watched the kill people or they, they were so 
PTSD damage by the time it was over with. They don't good for themselves. So I made it, you know, um, you know, little bags, little tiredness, you know what I'm saying? But that's really just because I just woke up. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, not nah, for real. Like, I'm okay. Like, I'll be looking at people like, bro, that shit killed you. Like, this music industry killed you. You know, a lot of people, man, baby, rest in peace, man. It shit will fuck you up. Um, because we have a higher expectation rate. Oh, you you better have it or you nobody listens to you. And then, then you know, nobody expects uh, I can't think of his name. All, all of, all, especially all the black women, but all the women think he's, love him. The little British black, not little, the British black dude is buff. Maybe DJing too. Anyway, oh, yeah, doesn't I, matter. I can't think of the person. I, I, I'm trying I, I, to think I, of some I'll, names. I'll just say, I'll just say, just name any actor, anybody. You can name anyone. Wesley Snipes. But, I was going to say not even necessarily black, but just anybody. But anyone. yeah, I don't expect. Or, or how about Pete Davidson? He's this love symbol now, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Well, I well I, I was thinking more action star, but action star. Yeah. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. I, nobody expects him to turn really and to pull his face off and be a robot. And I think you've said that in an interview before, I which have. is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. With rap, there's an expectation that you gotta be the things you not really so much anymore, but you can't even be taken seriously as a rapper. Like if you don't have a, a stupid chain and you know what I'm saying? And now you know, I'm not doing it, but in general, like these niggas have to feel like they have to have money phone and and it's just stupid, but because this is more about promotion and acting than it is about the skill set. And so it, it, it just really messed up the culture and it's hard, it's hard to even get awareness because everybody's competing for your awareness and what translates into going viral is really just silliness. It's either violence or sexuality. So as a dude, I'm not going to pull my cock out and show my balls and dance and whatever. So th that leads me to, you know, chaos one called the sex of violence. So that means I got to leave the violence. If I pull a gun out and have some money and, and, and be shooting in the air. And then that's viral. Gangster shit, nigga, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I watch people being dudes in shootouts with the cops on the ground. Like, bro, you going to jail forever, bro. And then it won't matter. It won't matter. Like, and it's sad because that garners attention. Whereas if he went and bought his mom a, you know, a cake, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, did some dope shit like Scarface's son gave his father a fucking liver. That ain't viral. That should be on the Rolling Stones, the cover. Son that held his father, man. That's some shit. That's superhero shit. It is. But we, we our value is fucked up and, it, and it's worse for urban for the black people, we you gotta do something ridiculously coonish for these gatekeepers and these magazines that's on. I mean, you know, I hate I hate that things have to relegate back into the black and white thing, but they do. I didn't make it that way. No. So, but when I bring it up, then I'm the bad guy because I make them uncomfortable, and that's what I was just realizing. I'm like, why do we as people uh, as the oppressed? walk on eggshells as to not to, uh, to offend the oppressor. That's insane. So some people I agree. ban me and don't put me in the magazine and hate on me because they'll try to say, oh, he hates white people. And that's not true. Not at all. 
I hate things collectively done and then you're doubling down on it by fucking with my career because the, the easiest way to make sure you don't have to acknowledge that you're fucked up to black people is to be fucked up to a black person. That's <laughs> just yeah. crazy. It is. Yeah, bro. Now, you- I would have made that funny somehow and then I'd be getting some money. <laughs> What are your thoughts? Because everyone always, specifically, we're going to call it out, white people, they always categorize hip-hop being so violent back in the day. Oh, it was this, it was that. They glorified this. What are your thoughts on how violent has taken over hip-hop today where it's glorified to the point as you're seeing it take a toll on the rappers that are in the game today? There's so many rappers getting gunned down today. It's not the even funny. Out, yeah, or ODing. So the, yeah. the drug use and, and the violence is at all time. Look, those are scapegoats, man. I don't listen don't listen to outsiders who have no good, you know, uh, there's a term for it. It's what about is it? So people that are trying to detract will always, no matter what you say rationally, they're going to throw an apple when you, you clearly have holding the orange. And you're like, but we're talking about the orange. But you know tomatoes. And so you guys always, and then you threw the tomato. Come on, bro. We, we were talking about this, you know, so I don't like, I, 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 I am learning how not to get sidetracked by people with their agenda. If their agenda is to purposely disrupt, uh, 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 derail, then we, we're not having a communication. It's just you have an agenda and you're trying to derail. And so I don't, I don't, I, I don't even get in those conversations with people because I'm not talking to somebody that's open enough to have a real communication. We, I, I can always have a disagreement with somebody and have a really like we can even agree to disagree, but if we're coming from an earnest point of trying to understand and having perspective, you know, different perspectives, then we can grow together. I mean, really learn something and say, I never even saw it that way. You know what? That's a lot to think about. That's dope. Thank you. But most people have already dug into their trenches and a lot of what they're trying to say is just based on them trying to protect the bullshit that they're already on. I mean, you know, I'll give you, you know, prime examples are Kelly. Doesn't just say, you know what? I'm a piece of shit. Shouldn't have fucked that little girl 18 times and gave her herpes. It's about me. Why? Why you? And same thing. I, um, um, racism is just like uh, watching cheaters. Man comes up. It used to be Joey Greco. Now I don't know who's on there. And he says, "We caught you. We've been recording you for fucking two weeks. You didn't have to do that." Yes, she, she did because you was not being honest. You were cheating. Now you're mad. You're mad because you're the bad guy. You were the bad. You've been the bad guy. When I bring it to your attention, you what about? It's bullshit, man. I don't even talk to people like that because it's a waste of my fucking energy. There's a saying, a wise man and a fool are arguing in the street. How can you tell the difference? Mm. You can't. 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 The wise man is supposed to walk away. He's talking to a fool. He's got to figure that out. Yeah. You're right. Now, fuck you. You know everything I'm saying. I don't care, dumb ass. I don't care. Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck with it. Do whatever you're doing. That's the, that's where I'm at with society, even with you know with this hip hop shit. You know, I, I I have to be a wise man and understand that the brand and the quality and the flavor of, of my hip hop. If if my people in LA or my people uh, uh, in popularity don't want my brand okay 
mean, it, it sucks that I gotta go to London. It doesn't suck. Dope hip hop. Hip hop is a community of people that are like minded or whatever, you know, whatever love is culture. And I don't care what color they are. So I'm gonna go where the people love what I love. Why do you think, because I've heard you say that America turned its back, especially the listeners too, they turned its back on the lyrical hip hop. How come it's not that case when you go over to places like London that you mentioned? Because the UK has a huge real hip hop following. But here it's like, oh, you're too lyrical. Get out of here. We want the garbage. Where it's just, um, how come it's like that, you think? It runs downhill and Americans, I said this early on. I said this, I had a song called Core Audience on my demo. And, and essentially what I said was, they done this already. Like, we don't learn from history. They did this to rock and roll, stole it. And then Elvis becomes this hit. They stole jazz, then you think Kenny G. They stole country western. And now put a fucking Confederate flag and be like, and got mad because Beyonce came and sung a song. Like, these are the culture vulture supremes. Steal it and then tell you you're not welcome. We're just reading about the fucking women's, uh, 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 not the Me Too movement. I'm talking about women's suffrage. Half black women, half of the women got rid of all them black bitches. White bitches like, nope, because we need the South white girls too. So let's write you out the history books. Y'all didn't do nothing. It's telling you, man. So this is the old 57 fake that's been going on forever. And it's just happening in our time with rap. I mean, when I thought about rock and roll, I thought Van Halen and biting hands off snakes. And y'all, I'm like, oh, that's devil music. Didn't know about Chuck Berry and all these people that made this culture. You know what I'm saying? The Elvis stole from the songs, stole Chuck Berry, whole dance moves, everything, the duck walk, everything. So, and, and, and unfortunately, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you a quick process because I was around for this. This is not something I heard. It's something I saw. I remember when niggas first saying, oh, that shit's hot. Because that don't really sound like a rap thing to say. It doesn't sound like an urban thing to say. It sounds like, a, like, oh, oh my God, that's so fucking hot. Some parasailing shit. So I knew that terminology was just weird when execs started saying it first. And then it goes to the radio DJ and whatever. So people behavior gets learned. Comes down. So that's some marketing meaning shit. And what it basically came to imply was it ain't good, but it's winning. That's what it meant. Oh, that's record hot. But niggas be like, that shit trash, bro. That shit's hot right now. It's hot. So that's an excuse for the shit being whack. That's what it was. And that was coming from execs, suits. No suits tended to not be of the culture. Then they taught it to their little niggers. The the exec dude, the dude with the corporate card. That he he the fly, he ain't no artist. He's a failed rapper, but he got the corporate card, he the AR, and he repeats what the boss said. And then the rappers that got successful were able to say, niggas like your shit trash. Like, so what though? I'm hot. The homie that made this is why I'm hot. That's the homeboy. You know that song's a joke. He purposely did that song to make fun of the hot thing. That's CL and uh what's his name? Uh, I forgot the homie. Uh this is one I forgot his name. But CL, they produced that, put it out. Period, bro. It was a joke because it was corny. Yeah, this is why I'm hot. Because I could do any whack shit and be hot. If I do corny shit, I could be hot. Real talk. Not, like I said, I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. Nothing is what I know. Um, so, so then another word after hot, relevant. 
how did I become? This doesn't sound like Sun Urban. Doesn't sound like something a black person would say, or a Puerto Rican kid, or a poor white kid. Just wouldn't be like, well, that's not relevant. The fuck sound like some court shit. Not relevant, Your Honor. Some white boy shit. I'm telling you some soup shit. <laughs> shit runs out here. Well, then you get the rapper niggas saying it. Then the fans repeat it. And now the and that implied the ages. Now it's not relevant. So that's what happened. So then what what's hot, what's relevant, he's too old. This is the fire, this is the, the shit that's going, has all come down from from basically uh uh uh, uh Jeff Bezos ass nigga. And then he told his capos, they told they little uh uh the uh, uh I forgot what you call it, street niggas. Um and then the neighborhood repeats it. That's it. And that's what happened. So the fans just repeat it's fourth string shit running downhill, and now they repeat it and they believe it now. It's not good, it's not relevant. It's you know what I'm saying? He's too old. That's not, and it doesn't sound like the shit that they trained us for the past 10 years are like, so it can't be good. Plus, it's not on the websites and podcasts and spot and, and playlists that they own and control where they tell us what's good. That's what happened. They wiped us. Right. I want to get into your story though with, with hip hop. We we talked about Soul and Ice already, but getting into because DJ Battlecat was the one who really believed in you, took you in and said that you were dope. When did you get to sign your deal of priority? I signed um, I think it, it was right around 95, right? Yeah, early 95. Um I had a deal before that. I was supposed to sign a delicious vinyl, but I lost that deal, went to jail. So that would have been like 92, I would have had a deal. Cause that's the first demo and cat produced that him and wino so when i got um probably 1993 was when that was about 93 to be honest about 93. um then yeah when i got out um the wino was right there supporting me coolio was already out they took me on the road with them and then i was still able to you know when I wasn't out on the road with them, I'd be recording with Battle Cat and doing everything else I was doing. So they just really put me in a really cool, dope position between Wino and Battle Cat. And then I got um, also my friend Curtis, who owns Patchwork Studios. We we were starting to become like kind of like our own indie, and that's where the buzz kind of started. Was like '94 ish with the vinyls, the won't catch me running and remain anonymous, and then. Um, we got the deal opportunities. Uh, Recipes Chris Lining brought me to Def Jam. They flew me out. So that was an option. Uh, I had a great journey, man. It's crazy. Rick Rubin used to pick me up in a fucking Rolls Royce in Carson, which in retrospect probably looked super rapey. It looked crazy because, you know, this you know, this Santa Claus looking white man is pulling, pulling up to this kid's house, you know, little black kid and he's getting in the car but yeah Rick Rubin would pick me up and give me like dope ass tapes of like demos from Beastie Boys and L Cool J that never came out it was crazy I wish I still had the tapes man it was so fucking amazing um so I had options and then I chose priority and then uh we had to negotiate and that took a while and then I had to finish the album which is why the album you know didn't come out like the album really should have came out in, in the end of 95 but because of litigation and paperwork and trying to make a deal that made sense for me and Patchworks at the time. Um, it just took way longer. And then I had to, by then I had to revamp the album 
pull some songs off and, and, and add some other stuff. So yeah, that was it. But and then unfortunately, uh, I only got one from Cat, and I mean I got none from from uh, from Wino. He was just busy. He like Khalil selling like a million. They all over the place, and I could never get with him. They're like I'm like, dude, I need one from you. I gotta have you on this album. It won't be right. So I never, you know, that was always a regret that I didn't have. So, but what in retrospect, we had songs, and I should have used one of the older. You know how it was old to me. It wouldn't have been old to everybody else, and I should have used one of those. But you know, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I love to hear the story behind the video shoot and what you wanted to portray with the album cover of Soul on Ice because it's one of the most recognizable covers in hip hop and it's memorable at that. It's one of my favorite album covers of all time. If you could walk me through the story behind that photo shoot and what you wanted it to portray. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Shouts out to B Plus. Uh, As I talk about Irish people, B Plus is a Brian Cross is a big, tall Irish photographer, man. uh, just a mainstay a historian in, in West Coast hip hop. So shouts out to B Plus. Uh, yeah, no, nah, um, B knew me at, at while I was, uh, you know, on my journey for at probably at least two years prior to me getting a situation. So when it was time to shoot the album cover, um, he knew what what I was about. He had been a, a staunch supporter and, and a big brother, and uh, I told him in general what i wanted and he just made it so and then the back of the album is more his idea which i thought was brilliant in retrospect because he was like well you know you are made out of you know the thing that changed you was doing the christmas report so that's why it's all encyclopedia Britannica that's falling out the sky it's not bibles mm-hmm. and so um, the, and he would throw them up and take pictures. He had people on the side throwing up, and then he's like filming. So those are really like books falling out the sky for real. It wasn't <laughs> like, you know, later in life how we could do the Photoshop shit. He really would throw them, and then we copped a whole bunch and he kept throwing, you know what I mean? So it was really ill. Um, and then, yeah, yeah it, the, the fire we added later, you could tell, you know, the book burning wasn't, wasn't in there. But now nah, that's B, plus, man. And it, same thing with the video, it was that having that same vision. And the, my cell, my celly in that video is my friend. <laughs> Diz had just got out of jail. We were all the hip hop kids, but a lot of my friends were bad kids. And I actually, me and my friend Dags danced for Diz because Diz kind of had a bubble before I did. Not kind of, he had a bubble before I did. So even in like 90, Diz and my, our friend Ali was like popping. It was called Minister Society. And, they was, you know, uh, well, they was called something else before that. But anyway, then they was Minister Society. Um, uh, but he had just got out of jail, so it was dope to have this in the video. So my celly in, in that was like my homie that rapped and was dope and kept getting on before I was getting on. And uh, yeah, you know, um, it's, it's Chris. Uh, I forgot Chris. Chris used to do all the videos back then. Chris Robinson. So shouts out to Chris Robinson because Chris was shooting all the big, big videos at the time. And my budget wasn't as big. And what he you you know, what he did was schedule my video right after there so that he didn't have to return all his dope stuff that he had. Uh, you know, because back then they would rent everything. You know, those cameras like a hundred thousand dollars, you know, whatever. So they'd have to rent them. And he used and utilized the stuff from the other video to make my video uh 
better. So I'm always just really, really grateful to those people, man. They they went above and beyond and, you know, uh, try to give us a shot, man. You know, they try to give us a shot. Soul on Ice, one of the greatest albums of all time. No doubt the cover is legendary and memorable. Kid Capri, he took you under, too. He used to bring you out to New York. You used to hang out with the Digging in the Crates members. It's funny because I have a couple pictures here that I think may bring back some memories. I wanted to show you one where you're with Big L. <laughs> Look at that kid. The little <laughs> guy. Man, that's an awesome picture, bro. That's uh, I want to make an NFT out of that. You might have to send it to me. I'll send it to you through email. <laughs> yeah. I'll now, where was this with Big Al? Because I know you got cool with DITC. Where was this? What was that uh, event? If you that was in Harlem. That was in Harlem. Harlem at an after hours with a fucking real roulette table. It was like you on 125th Street. You would have never known what it was. It was like a, on the front. The front of it was like a fucking vitamin store. Of, you know, Jamaican vitamin store nothing you look at me like oh man whatever he went through that back door man that shit was popping the fucking whole club i remember the roulette table da, da, da. and uh uh i always love telling the story of how it happened we were at some other industry shit and and with whoever every rapper ever and i you know i'm there you know uh, uh, one of the first times i'm really like out on my own um, and I, and you know, I obviously already knew L, but wasn't super, super close with L. I was actually, uh, you know, um, as far as getting to know, I knew o OC more. So that, like, you know, another big brother of mine. Done songs together. <laughs> yeah, you know. So uh, this particular night, I'm dolo at some music shit, and uh, you know, uh, I just remember I saw L. And and one of the nicest dudes ever, man. I I just remember he was just like, you know, oh shit, you in you in New York, you in the city. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, whatever, we having a drink or whatever. And he's like, fuck, you doing? You want to fucking uh, go to this other shit? I'm like, but you? He's like, yeah, nigga. I'm like, duh, nigga, big L, nigga, I want to go, nigga, I want some bad shit, nigga. This is a trip, nigga. You like, yeah, nigga. So. You know, hopped in the whip with L, and we went to some shit, and he pulled up, you know, parked, pulled him. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, this shit look sus, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just this fucking Jamaican look closed, lights off, and it just looked like not cool to go into. Went in, that shit was lit. Big drinks, music popping, bad bitches. Things got burners out, you know, just whatever. Like, it's some hood shit. And then with the real roulette table, I'll never forget. I remember that. I remember that big fucking the real roulette table, like Vegas shit. I was just like, oh, this shit crazy. This is dope. And um, I'm pretty sure that was Johnny Nunez who took that picture. I had a drink in my hand because I, you know, I've been there probably about 10 minutes. Johnny came in. He was always an amazing document. Not was. He's still alive. Maybe live a thousand lives. Um, yeah, and that picture was just literally like me and L talking, didn't see Johnny, and he's like, yo, y'all take a picture. That's why I'm kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, there is no, we we on some other shit. We probably, you know, looking for bitches and shit. So I'm <laughs> like, I wouldn't expect a photographer in this place for one. So that's why, for me, that picture is just so fucking awesome because it's so much history. Um, and I would probably be... Um, one of the last times that 
I even saw him, let alone really hung. Any other time was, was going to be, you know, more studio digging in his crate, you know, with, you know, Joe around or whoever kid, you know, whatever. It's just more of a studio vibe. Whereas we just was on some human being shit, like, you know, catching a vibe, trying to, you know, trying to see what what it do for the night. And uh, it was cool, man. That's just one of my favorite pictures because I look so. I, to me in my face, I look like, why is there a camera in here? <laughs> <laughs> this is gangster, bro. You ain't supposed to document this, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty again. I just wish I would have uh, been a little bit more uh, proactive about reaching out to people. My thing was, especially back then, it's just a thing. LA people are more laid back. Uh, we were back, you know, like the newer kids are different. Um, but like, it was very hard to even, you know, talk much to people. Not because I was shy. It was just like, we were taught, you don't really talk to people you don't know. So even my first interviews, I would just answer the question. And I wasn't trying to be mean or so it would, the, the interview people would be like, oh, he's arrogant or he's rude. Um, which is fucked up because, you know, I think if, if again, uh, or or I wonder if I was a different complexion, would it have been that I was shy or that I was thinking? Mine, it was, oh, he's so, you know, he thinks he's so good or, you know, and I didn't, I never said that. I was just taught not to talk too much to people I didn't know. This is not, not even really from my family, but really just the hood. Like, hey man, you know, you don't know them dudes. Dudes might rob you, you know what I'm saying? bust your head open they could be some dudes from another neighborhood that think you part of the neighborhood and try to kill you like don't talk to motherfuckers you don't know keep it pushing so it was very hard for me to open up and plus then i was a fan of these people so it was even harder because i didn't want to just open my mouth and say like dumb shit i just like man you dope bro like man you shit i tell them that like man you, you fresh bro I'm a fan, bro. Like, you know, and then leave it at that. And, you know, and getting love from these people that I looked up to was surreal to me. So I, I do have in retrospect, you know, I, I have this regret is the wrong word because uh, there's no time machine. So it was a pointless emotion. But, you know, I, you know, if I knew now, you know, knew then what I knew now, I would have just reached out a little bit more like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, you know, not even necessarily the rap, but just to get another memory with a brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have some more pictures here too. I believe this is with you and Big Pun. I found this picture online. Let's see. Yeah, that is me. It, you can always tell me back then because I was trying to not to get the wave cap line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have toilet paper in there or like a paper towel in my, over my, my thing. Yeah. It's me and Pun. I don't know where we were on this one though, because I I would I that probably was at the tunnel. I was at the tunnel? Probably, because Pun got me into the tunnel one night. I couldn't get in there. I mean, I walked up. The line was crazy. Who am I? I ain't nobody. And, and Pun walked up. Luckily, you know, universe meant to be. And he just like, you know, and he always was super nice to me. And again, one of them people that just treated me so with so much dignity. And, you know, you still got to remember, you know, it's it's not really East and West thing. The, the, the media is making it that. But there is a rivalry, you know what I'm saying? But but because of how I rhyme, I always was above the rivalry. 
So, so like, you can rap. Now, some, some of them motherfuckers is whack. I'm like, well, some of them motherfuckers you got is whack. Just because he's from New York to make him dope. So we was having those spirited arguments. And, you know, but no, Pun would just be nice to me. Like, just treat me with dignity like a peer. But meanwhile, you know, I bought these albums, man. Like, you know, bro. <laughs> like, you know, like, he's dope. The fact that you've been telling me I'm dope is crazy to me. And yeah, and, and then Pun got me in. I'm pretty sure... That that was uh that was at, at the tunnel, man, which was the first time I ever uh saw unisex bathrooms. So craziness. I was like, what is going on here? This is insane. And then you could kind of see through it, niggas was fucking in the back. I'm like, yo, this shit popping. Yeah, New York niggas <laughs> telling me some ill shit. I went home like nigga, they got shit in New York that's crazy. Nigga. <laughs> like, nigga, they got the nigga, they got a club, nigga. It's round. I didn't know it was a hanger. I was just like, nigga, the club is round. And then the niggas, men and women, battle, niggas, niggas was fucking. Each other. I'm like, yeah, man. Thank you. Shouts to Pun, bro. And shouts to Chris Rivers, man. He a good, he a good kid, man. Yeah, so he's following right in his father's footsteps. A real hip hop MC who keeps it real. Yeah, Another and, picture. And, style. and, and, and developed his own shit, man. And, and, and salute to him, man. He's a good, good, good dude. I told him that, you know, years ago, just like, man, your, your father, when I was a young nigga, I think it was really, really uh, a nice dude to me. And I just always told him, like, if you ever need anything from me, man, you know, it'd be my honor just because your pops is so, such a fucking, was a class act with me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. One of the greatest of all that's time. That's, that's that family, man. You yeah. Know, <laughs> that community. Capital Punishment, one of the greatest albums of all time. Another photo here. It's a group photo. It's uh -huh. this is. I'm just gonna show it for you. You may know what this I, is. I know that picture. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that picture, which is hilarious. That picture. <laughs> that was at the John Blaze video shoot. Okay, Fat so, Joe's John Blaze. Uh huh. So everybody had. So Jada had Styles. Um. Uh, Meth had had, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Ghost had Ray, um, Nas had Nori, um, and the crazy shit is, Joe had Pun, but he also had Mac Ten, because they were doing some shit together. So it was just that whole day was insane. It's totally insane. A lot of, I mean, I can't even say some of the things that went on that day. It was wild, you know, like street shit. It was so, rap shit, it was so much hilarious shit that even in that picture, son, I can't talk about right now. <laughs> but I remember uh, a particular thing that happened right when that picture, like right before that picture was taken, something happened, which was hilarious. But yeah, man, great day in hip hop, bro. Like, I, I call it Barnum. It was just so much crazy shit, uh, literally. And it was so many people that aren't in that pic that was there. Like I said, Nori's there, Big Daddy Kane was yeah. there. Like, man, niggas was there, bro. Like The actress from A Bronx Tale was there too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you, if you would have been a, a fly on the wall during that day, that shoot, hilarity, man. I could have wrote a book just about just the hilariousness of that day, but it was great. I had so much fun. Um, you know, the highlight, not the highlight, but one of the good things I will say is uh, I had a, 
pocket rocket is what I call them, but a, a half pint of Hennessy. So I had in that picture, I got it, you know, whatever in my back pocket. And then eventually, uh, again, I see Pun, and uh, he's got a trailer, and he's like I said, I, it probably was Chris Rivers, you know what I'm saying? Little nigga though, you kid in the trailer. Cause I'm like out and about with everybody else and Pun like linked out. He's like, yo, rats. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, what up? Going in and go chill with Pun. And you know, you know, people coming in and out, but then he just kind of like, yeah, hey, chill, man. I want to chill out with Raz, man. You know what I'm saying? So we just chopping it. And uh by then, you know, he got me in the whatever. I'm you know, met him, you know, now about four or five times. I just but he, you know, he just really being a big brother and being cool as fuck with me, man. And uh I remember I pulled out my fucking uh, you know, my pocket rocket. And then he's like, oh, can I hit that? I'm like, nigga, of course. You know what I'm saying? So we just sitting there, he's sitting here, I'm sitting here, and we just drinking Hennessy, just chilling. Not talking about nothing in particular, just whatever. And then, you know, music playing, and then, you know, I'll probably bow my head and like, damn, I would say this. And I, you know, then we rhyme, he rhyming, I'm rhyming. We just rapping and drinking. Just rapping and drinking. <laughs> I battling each other, just rapping and drinking. It was awesome, bro. Just awesome shit, yeah. bro. It's the things that I, you know, I, like I said, I call it bardom. You know, you can't make that shit up just to no. be with somebody. And, and just the fact that, you know, to get those kind of cool vibes, like, you know, from, from a dude that he ain't got to do that and that he, that he saw, you know, you know, recognize, you know, a kindred spirit, same cut from the same kind of cloth. Uh, skill wise, but even I think also personality wise, right? so like I think I'm just a cool little nigga, man. You know what I'm saying? You're just being cool. I respect it. I always try to be that same person that those big brothers were to me. You know, that's what I'm. That's what I strive to be. Um, as I came across, the, you know, the younger, uh, you know, and and it's dog years. You know, a 14 year old dude when you're 16 it's just as dog is you know what i'm saying if i'm 18 and somebody's 16 we ain't hanging out i just got a whole different agenda than you know but those dog years even then so much can happen in a year if you got a record deal and these other things are happening so you know it, it becomes really dog years and um you know i tried to do the same thing with the mcs i came across the young you know Royce five nines and eminems and you know, whoever, it's just like, yo, you dope, bro. And I can't take from you what God gave you, so I should support it. That's right. You played a major influence in Eminem and Royce's career. Just getting into your sophomore album, Rassassination, Interview with the Vampire. That's another track that was kind of similar to Nature and the Threat, in which you're questioning what came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Yeah, man, uh, that's one of my favorite songs. I actually, I wrote that record hoping, <laughs> I wrote it, with plans that exhibit and fear would be the characters. So, cause they both have very unique, you know, deeper, more powerful voices. The Golden so State Warriors, oh, people are not tuned in. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 sorry y'all. But yeah, but uh, I, uh, you know, you know, rappers are rappers. They're like, man, I don't want to fucking remember all that. This shit complicated. I'm like, man, it should be sicker if y'all do the voices. I think I wanted exhibit to be uh the devil and i wanted to fear to be god so if those people would have became those voices i was writing operas i was writing a play i was writing fucking uh uh what's the shit on broadway (laughs) 
what's it called? Hamilton. Hamilton, there you Hamilton go. Before already making these, you know, these character-driven epics. So yeah, it's one of my uh it's, it's one of my one of my favorite songs philosophically, because uh at the end of the day, that's exactly what I am more than anything. I'm a philosopher. And so that's a very philosophical song. It's, uh, Nature of Threat is more science history fact. And, and, and Interview with the Vampire is definitely pure philosophy. That's it's something that you are. You're a philosopher. And what you mentioned before is 100%. When I listen to your raps, that's what I that's what you come across to, as to me when I'm listening to you. This is a philosopher. You're, you're a teacher. It's similar to what KRS-One is and was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely inspired by him. Yeah. I mean, that, um, you know, traits of myself that I recognize by listening to him. It's like, that's, I am that. Yeah, but then, I mean, honestly, Chappelle, philosopher, fucking, uh, um, um, most, most comedians, especially observant, you know, not, not, not who's there, chicken, you know, chicken, who, you know, um, but, uh, 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 George Carlin. Spot on. I don't know if you know, if you don't get familiar, if everybody, I encourage you. Talking about a man that was before his time, George Carlin was gunning. George Carlin is an ill nigga. He's a white man. This nigga's ill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> shit, bro. That, that, like, like, brilliant. You know, the, like, his contemporary would be Richard Pryor, but there's no butt to it it's just you can see the you know same thing i mean uh, what you call them is just brilliant like that too um um now uh any uh, murphy no 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 uh uh was hairs redhead from uh uh, uh here oh, man dude uh 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 i can't think of his name he he's uh white guy but uh 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 he's redhead uh white guy comedian he he was on Chappelle shit too but he really can't like kind of he he was on the mandalorian i can't think of his name i can't think of his name either <laughs> this, this, fuck that man sorry i gotta find out uh wait uh, because i'll look for you too and it's on the top tip of my tongue uh, I be, it's Bill, yeah. Bill Burr. I'm an idiot. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Burr, like he's a very, uh, he just said it's philosophical. Um, and they just use a different medium to just kind of say these things that are very, I mean, they're just looking at society and then they pose these questions or give these, very, and you know, these very, uh, sometimes purposely mean versions of their takes on it. You know what I'm saying? But that's part of the funny part of it. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm inspired by, by people like that. And yeah, you know, I think the philosopher, even more than a teacher, the philosopher is not necessarily trying to teach you. He's just trying to open the dialogue. So teachers kind of more like learn this because this is what the, this is the facts. I mean, philosophizing, you're just kind of, kind of saying, so what would you do here? What do you think if you're, you know, if you're, if you're given these two options or if we say this is wrong, why don't we say this is wrong or whatever? And, 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 and uh, <laughs> I remember uh, 
Um, uh, shit. I just got back out of prison uh, the second term. So it was probably about 2011 or something. Yeah. <laughs> My mother's not <laughs> impressed with me. <laughs> basically, she was uh, basically uh, inferring I had failed. I was a failure. She's like, I just wanted you to be a philosopher. And I was like, well, if you listen to my body of work, it's pretty much what I am. You know, so nobody ever said philosophers don't go to jail, bro. I'm just saying, well, you know, that's part of it. I, I have to kind of see what it's like, bro. You know, you got to speak from experience. But uh-huh. yeah, man. But you, you've always stuck up for yourself and getting Van Gogh when you went into the office. And I heard about the story that happened. In, Allegedly. Yeah, you went in there and... <laughs> You had a gun, allegedly. <laughs> you got your album back. You went on the run, like Cool G Rap, all the way to New York. And we, the rest is history from there. Van Gogh eventually came out. And, you know, the, the, the history goes on with you. But early history, what people may not know about, too, which I read about online, is that you were with both Nas and Jay-Z the day that Ether dropped. Yeah, that was a, a Bartum. That's a, one of them crazy days. Yeah. That's the day I did Golden Child. So the day, the day I did Golden Child is the day Ether dropped. And I saw both of them separately that day, which was just a very peculiar... It was re, it was meant to be, I, you know, uh, no pun intended to say it was written, but it was. It was just meant to be that I, like the day, the way the day played out was just strange um I, I don't know if you want me to elaborate on it i can make a, a long story short yeah if you can make a long story short because i know you were in new york city with dj Premier, and Nas was actually in the back studio just kicking it and there was something going on with the beat that i think jay-z had a beat it was between no, was it no, between- no, no 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 yeah so I, i'll clarify ether already dropped it just came out on whoever's mixtape so came out literally that morning on mixtapes but that morning it played on the radio period so it's out um and they played it like three or four times i didn't hear it from that i went to the barbershop lower east side all the spanish boys the niggas the mix niggas got the cd niggas playing that shit in there like yo and these niggas heavy jay-z loyal and and it was very interesting while getting my hair cut and niggas like yo i don't know i don't know son this shit this shit, you know, like I'm, I'm watching the war, like the war of opinions, and I'm, I two way because we had Motorola pagers back then, the two ways, and I, I fucking text my A and R, and I was like, I don't know, I think Nas might win this, which we didn't think was possible after the after fucking, you know, takeover. Uh, yeah, takeover. I'm like, bro, we was like, it's over. I'm like, so anyway, that was the first clue. Then I got to the barbershop and. uh I mean, not barbershop. I left the barbershop, went to D&D, uh, with Premier. He bring, I, I, obviously, first thing, yo, you heard the fucking, uh, you heard the, uh, the Nas shit? I'm like, yo, bro, like, because I've kind of been in that family, the J family, I'm like, that shit really personal, bro. Like, he said some shit in there, bro. Like, that nigga, he kind of went in. Like, yeah, that shit kind of fire. You know, like, yeah, word. Whatever. We working on our shit. Nas pop in, come through, pop in. He is working on a Don Diva. They said a Don Diva magazine. He's working on some songs for Don Diva magazine. 
he walk in and I met Nas before, but I've never seen him at this time. I had never seen him so still humble because he was always the yo peeps. It's like, like yo peeps. <laughs> he, like, he had a kick uh, in his step. Yeah, he had a little pep in his step, man. I was like, oh, okay. And um, and then, you know, commenced to that began the conversation. Yo, heard the song. And then so it's just me, him, and Preen, and it's just having this conversation. And he's like, yo, they played that shit like three times in a row this morning, and the calls was looking, and I'm like, you know, I was just like, oh, this is, you know, fly on this wall, man. It's kind of crazy. Now, crazier thing is I'm there to do uh, do my song with Prince. So then, you know, whatever, after about an hour, Nas go and start working on his shit. So I don't I only see him in passing after that because I'm working on what I'm working on. And uh, Jay, I have been uh, Prince kept working on beats. So I don't know if this was the second or third day when this happened, so I don't want to, you know, this part is, is fuzzy now. But the beat, Premier was trying to chef up the first day. And we were there the whole day, and he gave me a couple of things to sit on, and I didn't. I was going to pick a different beat, and then he was like, no. He was like, hold up. And he chefed up for another couple of hours, and he just felt like it wasn't what I needed. And then he played a beat that beat. I was like, that's it. That's, that's it. And he said, and this is a, 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 a you know, this is how you do real business as a producer. It's like the, the difference between why there's beef and why there ain't beef and misunderstanding and, and all that shit. So he said, hold up. I can't guarantee you nothing because Jay bought four beats. He only used two on the album. So I need to check with Jay and see if it's okay. Cause he's not using them. And back then, you know, album, you got another year and a half before the next album. He's Jay-Z. So he ain't going to be working on that. I'm going to sell a million and tour for another year. So it'll be two years before this beat come out. So he said, hold up, let me check with Jay. Got there on the phone in front of me, called Jay. And like, like I, I, and, and uh, if I recall correctly, Jay even asked like, well, for who? He's like, for Razzcast. He's like, oh, for Raz? Let him have it. Like, great. No alchemist double dipping shit. Just it's just done right. That's how you do it. Because he already paid for it. So Preem refunded Jay. And I paid Preem. And now we can move forward. Everybody in the front. But Al, I paid him. He didn't pay. He didn't return no money. And then he lied about it. And, and, and that could have went bad because I could have shut down. I alluded to that, and I want to talk too much about this because I'm about yeah. to really deal with that in my own videos and shit. But just so you know, that's the difference when you handle business and, and everybody there, and that's that's because that's correct. Now they, it's all out in the open, money's returned, whatever. So yeah. So then that night, the crazy part was um, back back to the ether story. Work recorded my shit. Now it's Miller time, so I'm leaving. I'm like, I'm going out tonight. My friend Wise is, was, was he was, he was Rockefeller, uh, the Rangers, uh, the song, if I die, don't cry, my nigga, say well, my nigga, say word to half, my nigga, so half was part of the Rangers, whatever. I met him through Jay-Z. 
And so we go out to the club. When we get to the club, I guess he was already meeting Dame and Jay. So when we get up to the club, Dame and Jay already there. And we go into the club. And I, I just want to make this Long Island check, Long Story, or whatever. So what's his name? Uh, 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 what's, uh, what, what, what's his name? Dame Dash. Jeter, Jeter sitting at the table next to us, pretty ass, uh, I, 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 whatever, it's pretty chick dancing on the table, on Jeter's table, and she's looking in the mirror, looking at me, because I'm looking at her, so I just always remember that, like, this night was just, uh, this day was just an awesome day, and I just say that to say this, because I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting at the table with Dame and, and, and Jay and whatever, and the DJ played either, and it was not, Jay was not happy not happen and i just remember because i just i remember it coming on and i remember thinking he's not gonna like that but how do you play that like how do you respond like when somebody playing yo this record i've never been around somebody when somebody like he's heard his disc records play you know what i mean yeah so then you get to stand on the table and be that nigga but when you the object of the ridicule how do you respond to that and so I was totally, you know, I remember looking at the chick through the mirror, you know what I'm saying? She dancing on the table, Jeter. And I don't know him. I didn't even go over nothing and say nothing. But I, when she got off that table, I hollered at her and that's a whole different story. But anyway, um, and then I remember, you know, maybe I, if, if I recall correctly, I'm sitting on, on, the, on the right side of the table and he's on the left-hand side and, and maybe Dame is here. He's not happy. I'm just kind of looking at his face like I think I ain't happy. And then he said, Dame would like go holler at the DJ. And then the DJ did not stop playing that record. The crowd was loving it. Yeah. And then, and that's what I remember was like, this is crazy. And that's what I think the next morning I texted my people like, now it's one, man. See it coming. Did not see that coming. And because I, I saw how bothered Jay was. And then Jay even said, like, nah, it's one. Like, he, he tried to come back with Super Ugly, but that ether was something else, man. It was just, it's a highly personal record. I mean, just on a surface level of people that uh, might have heard of Jay-Z and know songs of Jay-Z and Nas, he wrote that where it's, it's scathing that way, but then there's a second level where it's scathing. And then I don't know them as well as other people. They really got back, 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 back story. And then they, so there's like a third level of how mean that record is. I only got to the second level of how fucked up that whole shit. Yeah, it's like second degree burns is what I understood, but apparently there's a third degree burn to that record of that ether. And, and, I, and I watched it, I watched it play out. I watched I watched, I got to see both. I see one with a mop and one with not. <laughs> that shit was crazy. Yeah, so that, yeah, that was my, that's my, the day either drop, bro. Insane. That's hip hop history. You're just in the middle of it. You made your own history. When we look back at your entire discography, what work are you most proud of throughout your entire discography? Is it Soul on Ice or is there another no. personal favorite? No. Mm-mm. I don't have any personal favorite album i think some things uh i mean i got a song called my apology on like i think it's eat or die and it sounds like i'm talking to a girl but i'm really uh apologizing to i think the cap the party records capital 
because it's not an apology. I'm just like, fuck me. You know, whatever. I, I, it, there's some clever things that I've written that I, I think are really dope. Um, I don't have one. I don't, man, because the goal is to leave it all on the field every every time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I try to leave it on the field every project as best. Whatever resources I have to work with, um, whether that's, you know, with Dr. Dre and motherfucking Rizzo or whether it's, you know, the dude from down the street, we just give the best we can. And so I, 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 I don't have anything particular. I think everything, there are time capsules in my life and I need all those time capsules for me to be here today. And so every time I, even, you know, there's some features where I'm like, yo, I got busy. Like that shit crazy. But, um, it, I don't remember that verse any more than I remember the verse on the other song because I'm constantly creating and wanting to 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 outdo myself, and the rest of that is kind of beyond my control. If Soul Nights would have sold ten million records, you know we'd be having a different to do about it. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Or 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 if the last thing I did just sold ten million records, we'd be having a different. I'd be telling about to do what I'm doing with Adele singing on the hook, you know. You know, that's reactive shit that I have no control over. Am, am I just as good as every rapper that that we would put in, in our top 20? You fucking ain't right. And I, you know, I, I go to I argue a different point, which 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 is just a it's a it's an argument, you know. It's uh, my argument is, well. Nobody can write nature to threat, but I can write most of the shit everybody else writes. And then I say, and and if we talk about line for line, bar for bar, I don't give a fuck who produced it and who was the who sang on it and all that. But you know, bar for bar, if you pull my body of work apart and put anybody's up, then I'm better than them. That's an argument because the interview with the vampire, nature to threat, just those in and of themselves are different things. And then you just talk about similes, metaphors, history, slick talking. Niggas and stole my, my punchlines, some of your favorites, period. So I'm like, that's my job because I have no control of the other job. So I have, I'm always proud when I give 110% and that producer gave 110% and that DJ or that singer or that feature or that video, the dude edit the video. We just make we make the best we can at all times. They're all our babies, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have a favorite kid. <laughs> they're, all, they're all my kids. <laughs> Kanye West played you the college dropout because you knew him before. He played you college dropout and all the hits early on. Was Kanye always this person? Because I've heard you go on to speak about it, and then it's true with the whole Trump thing. He he really just did a disservice to his people, and he doesn't care about them, which is kind of interesting. Why he's doing the whole Larry Hoover free Larry Hoover thing now. Was he always like this when you knew him, or do you think that something happened uh, think, in his life? I think, I think I think he was always insecure, but it, it uh, you know, the, my, my my take on Kanye is that he was always annoying, annoying and insecure. So we wanted, but he believed in himself. He's, dri- he's a driven dude. Um, I mean, but. Made me not believe in himself. He was constantly selling himself, which is why he, you know, 
tricked me from listening to one song to listening to the whole album. Like, no, I want you to hear another one. I want you to hear another one. He's like trying to sell it, you know, because he didn't believe in himself. He's an insecure kind of a dude. I mean, even even the thing he said on Drink Chaps, like, I'm sorry I tricked y'all. You know, I you know I like street niggas. You know, I, I'm not a backpacker. It's like you saw Kanye. You didn't even say, don't get, don't kill me. Like you pussy. You, you, you are a pussy guy. You're not a street guy. Come on, man. Like he's a guy that is so. He's exactly who white America would give him a billion dollars to. He'll do anything, say anything. Like it makes sense that he would succeed to me. And why I'm I don't have Kanye wrestling. He's a guy that doesn't write his own raps, barely makes his own beats at this point, and then will say, I'm a genius. Oh yeah, because you're you're a marketer. Uh you, you I, I mean I hate to make this a black white thing, but it's that white man shit. I made it all. We fucking founded everything, we did everything, we civilized everybody, like that stupid shit that couldn't it couldn't possibly be true. And so I, I'm nowhere close to surprised that he is as successful as he is. And of course he wasn't talking that type of shit. He was busy groupy and brown nosing people. He's busy like brown nosing me and then literally threw me under a bus as soon as he blew up. And I never did nothing but be nice and try to support him. He's supposed to give you a beat for your fourth album and that didn't pan out. No, no he did. I had oh, he did? I, yeah, I had, I had the record. It's just, um, I got into it with Capital by then. By then it was all fucked up for the Golden Child album. We had the record. My NR still got the record. And he just like a keister bunny. He'd be hiding everything. I'm like, nigga, give me the record. Let me put a vinyl out with all this shit and sell it with the, you know, shit, we go sell, you know, Kanye record. But he gonna cease and desist and a bootleg, nigga, whatever. Make, you know, 2,000 copies, NFT, whatever, nigga. Sell them for $100 a piece because fucking Kanye, you rascal. Never heard it. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, he uh, he just was insecure dude, which is, uh, uh, you know, the, the saying, the guy with the little dick buys the, the, the sports car. He's that kind of acting person. I'm not talking about his junk. I'm just saying he's the guy that overcompensates by having to be wild and crazy because he's really sad and he's little on the inside. And, and, he, and of course, he couldn't have been overdoing it like that. He would have got kicked out the clicks if he would have been that boisterous and loud all the time. So he knew how to play it differently. It was, man, listen, you know what I'm saying? I want you to hear it. You know what I'm saying, man? Check it out, man. Check it. Yeah, man. Yeah, look, let's rap. You know what I'm saying? And then they could be like, man, get out of here, bro. Like, you're irritating. You know what I'm saying? Make a beat and shut the fuck up. So that's what he's <laughs> uh, But you, you've been working. You've been working hard. Horseman, the last ride released this year. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that and everything you got moving forward. Any other material that you have released and involved? I'm, I'm, you're probably not going to release anything at the end of this year. There's only like two weeks left of the year, pretty much. I'm Are you, pl- you planning on anything for 2022? Yeah, yeah. 2022 is uh, nothing solo. Well, that's not true. Well, I'm doing this. Uh, I, I finished the project with my friend Twiz. Uh, did a lot of production for like uh, Evidence, and, you know. Uh, doing some stuff with Alchemist, but anyway, um, we did this, pre- uh, this project called, uh, but it, it's probably going to be an import. It'll probably come out to, to uh, the UK or Poland. Um, so that's called Bar Rescue. So that's a cool little project. It's like more artsy. It's something, that, something I want to do, but 
it's a it's kind of more like a versus like twiz versus right like mugs doing mugs beat whatever so something like that so it's like twiz versus me um so we're doing that um i don't know when that'll drop because it's it's got a it's the you know, vinyls are taking so long to make nowadays so that it may take six or seven months for vinyl manufacturing right now so whenever vinyl is ready then that'll come out it's just its own little thing um besides that my, my next uh project is that we're uh we're almost done with it is uh it's called a uh, gutter so the gutter is me rj Payne, and havoc from my so havoc is doing all the production me and Payne pretty much handle the mc and and uh you know, uh, the album is, uh, you just wanted to give people what can't ever duplicate my beat, can't replace P. So having that kind of sound, we want to take it out of New York, you know, um, I mean, definitely guest appearances from Queens MCs, but, you know, just to kill, like, as a fan, I want to hear some Bob beat feel shit by you know some new shit but but because i don't have p then how do i do that so our logic was well we don't have p let a philly nigga rap let a la nigga rap it's just a different thing but at least we'll you know we'll try to keep that production and that vibe the grimy shit so we just call it the gutter um um and it's just supposed to be uh, you know uh in, inspired by mommy I'm saying uh and so finishing that up you know uh, amazing brothers on the project already um you know that came in and, and lit their talent so method man and mop um jd kiss um yeah so we're just trying to finish this thing up and make it uh amazing and, and just give people that real hip-hop shit real <laughs> hip -hop. yeah real and, I, and it sounds like it's gonna be a great project i'm looking forward to it and just the, this amazing body of work coming forward. And I, I hope there's a day because when I had Dave Mays on my show a few weeks ago, he, he talked to me about possibly creating a award show that gives back to the real hip hop artists such as yourself. I hope he does, man. Tell, man, I hope Dave, uh, you know, he, he's a pioneer in this in this thing, in this thing of ours. Um, I think if you build it, they will come. And I think we could show we can show, we can lead by example. I don't have the resources, you know, Dave Mays and the Jay-Z's and so on, you know, the, whoever, like, you know, the, the, when we create something for ourselves because they, BT is going to empower morality. The Grammys, they're going to empower, you know, they, they always disenfranchise. And, and what do you expect if people don't treat you right? They won't teach you right. So if we make it for ourselves and our own community, that'd be dope. And don't do the political shit and let your man win the shit all the time. Like, be fair about who's dope. And, 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 and that's always been the problem is that it gets corrupted by niggas' agendas. That's what happened with the source. The undoing of the, of the source was that. Too much politics, bro. Just fuck with the craft, man. How come we can't love the craft? Just think, you could have gotten six mics. Yeah. on ice. Yeah. If, if, if I would have dropped it in... 95, um, you know, under the turmoil I was going through, I, I would have been the six month kid. I mean, the record probably wouldn't have sold uh, even what it did just because the, the, 
the situation was so fucked up. And then I went and got the Diamond D record and all that. But everything happens for a reason. I um I hope to one day make the six mic album. I'm still working at it. You know, I, Golden Child was supposed to be like that thing. And if it would have came out in its time, because time means everything. <laughs> I say that on I say that in uh uh FLY fuck last year. I say timing is everything. That's what separates regular people from pedophiles. So yeah. <laughs> timing is everything, man. Yeah. Uh and, and fuck last year is such an amazing record with just the reference to why would I like a hundred pictures if I can't fuck in real life? <laughs> oh yeah. It's dead ass. I'm so I'm so mean ass. That's my philosophy kicking in. I'm like, fuck I'm gonna like all these I mean looking at niggas because you know your shit'll pop up. Whoever you're also following, you can look at a chick and I'll go through her pictures, not like them being nosy and see the same rap nigga. I'm like, this nigga liked every picture. Like, you are thirsty, bro. If you're not following <laughs> you gave her all your love already. Nigga, it's like that. Nigga, uh, I, I'm going to cut to the chat. I, I just, I got a whole different game, bro. I'm going to like one, maybe two. See if she liked it so mind I'm straight to the DM, nigga. Fuck liking some pictures. I'm like, <laughs> like or if they like some shit, I, I, I see if hot chick like my shit, I get in her DM and be like, thank you, beautiful. Oh, hey. But all that, yeah. Like a million pictures, then you on blast. Nigga, thirsty as fuck. You know, like everything this, this chick has since 92. They didn't even have Instagram back then. <laughs> I want to close this show out on a, on a, interesting but important note because i heard in an interview that you did saying that the american dream is dead which it is there's a class system here we know the, that america is a bunch of hoopla that you're considering moving out of the country to portugal why, why would you consider somewhere such as portugal i'm inter- interested in why portugal uh well uh, that's uh no, she just called too so the woman who uh puts up with my shit that I can look at in the face long enough, it happens. I met her in Portugal, um, she's, you know, and then it's a great hip hop community there. Shouts out to uh, uh, Dilemma, uh, Mundo Segundo, Sam the Kid. So Lisbon off to Portugal, man, it's, just, it's a dope hip hop community, cost of living, by the beach, it's popping. So it's still Cali life without the, the bullshit and it's still hip hop. And then honestly, you know, for, for our business as a hip hopper, uh, I'm not trying to sell to these people here. They want to see something that I'm not interested in doing. You know, I, I, so my my brand, I, I'd be closer to where my brand succeeds. It's, you know, it's East Coast or Canada or Europe or Australia, you know, or Japan. I'm trying to get to Africa and really break into that because they keep saying, I keep hearing how much it's such a hip-hop culture there. I just haven't had the opportunities to really investigate and be a part of that culture. Of course, I want to. I'm open to. I mean, I'm open to being anywhere where where the culture is appreciated, and I just don't think it's appreciated uh, around here. And I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in. And it's you know, uh, you know, I'm from the second biggest state in America. And they're making it the gentrification is real, man. Like people can't live in San Francisco. They made it unlivable. You can't afford an apartment, let alone trying to buy a house and have some shit and some ownership. So I'm not gonna keep wasting my spending my wheels. You pay rent to people 
you know, I, I thought about that after New York. I was in Astoria, which I love. But, you know, you're paying, you know, whatever, 15, 50 a month. And you do that for fucking 10 years. I gave somebody a million dollars. I did. Wow. Whereas I could have fucking got a house. Somewhere. I'm done with that. I don't want to keep living that way. And, and America's not here. For one, they're not here for their own people to be able to get a house and, and you know, and, some of these bigger states. So what is it with redlining and the things that they still do now, the black people, they don't, they're not trying to give me, let me, let me have a, a place where I can retain some, some wealth and transfer that wealth to my family. So fuck it, if I gotta go somewhere, so be it. Beautiful, there's niggas everywhere, trust me. Latinos everywhere, there's Asians everywhere, all through the world. I think white people just the only niggas that went all over the place, so did everybody else. So I go see some, See some niggas and Asians and Latinos and get some hip hop and see some some, some good uh, some good fucking human being white people. Yeah, you know, it's always some assholes everywhere too. But I'm, I'm ready to. I'm, I've done this long enough. Let me go try some other places where and see see how fucked up they are because it, it doesn't doesn't seem like it can get you know in the so called first world countries. It doesn't seem like it gets much worse than this. When do you think this is going to happen? That you, is the well, move going to be? I, I don't know. Um, everything in its own time. I, I you know, um, I travel so much, and I'm, I'm always between here and New York anyway. And now I'm becoming between here and Portugal. So, I may even me living somewhere, moving somewhere, may not ever seem like I'm living there like that. I know what you mean. One hundred percent. Razcast, I really appreciate you coming on the show here today. Is there anything else you would love to let the audience, your fans, and the listeners know about anything else? I know you got the project with Havoc and RJ Payne coming up next year. Anything else? Oh, no, just, uh, you know, following me, uh, follow me on my social media, Razzy, uh, Raz underscore Kaz. Um, that's my Instagram and everything else grows out of that. And, man, Max, man, I just want to thank you, brother, for actually uh, – doing a little, you know, knowing a little bit about and asking me some good questions. That was cool, man. And you actually made me think, you, you gave me some epiphany. So I appreciate the interview. Thank you. I appreciate it. And when you release a new project, we'd love to have you come back on and talk about it. Yeah, man, let's go. Yeah, we got we got to do a part two. That was that was a movie right there, just going through hip hop history. And I'm going to send you the picture with Big L. Do you want the big pun one too, or? I got that one. I just don't, I don't, I don't know what I did with the L one. And I kind of want to try to see what I could do as a, like even taking this interview and using that audio. Cause that story is really the story. And I don't know, I'm trying to make that some kind of an NFT thing or something. I don't know. I just think it would be cool. Yeah, for sure. I'll send you the Boredom collection. Yeah. I'll send you a clip of the interview and I'll send you the, the picture at the big L. That, Thank you, brother. Thank you. I'll be fired. <laughs> Thank you, brother. No doubt, man. I appreciate your time in the interview. Thank you for all that you've done for hip hop. And I look forward to everything that you have coming in the future. And I look forward to seeing you one day, hopefully reaching that goal of what you have on Soul and Ice 2 is reading that Grammy speech in front yeah, of all man. those people. That would be so fucking awesome. And it then uh, keep me in a loop about um, when you're dropping so I can help, you know, promo. And everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It should probably it, it'll be within the next two weeks, 100 percent. So okay. what I'll do is I'll email you, let, let you know when I'm dropping it and tag you on Instagram and everything. And yeah, I'm looking Let's forward it. to it, though, man. All right, brother. Thank you so much, man. No doubt. Peace, legend. One love. Yeah, one love.